The other day I was out trying to get some exercise, um, something I'm not always very consistent with, but I was out running, and I have this route that I go uh, in my neighborhood, and I was setting out on that route, and I, I like to do kind of the same things all the time, and I was wanting to turn and run uh, down Ockley from, uh, from my street, because that's the way I always go, and I cross over Uri and keep going in one particular direction, but there was this, and this was uh, before the sun came up this particular morning, I think it was Monday, there was a uh, long-haired dachshund. Have you ever seen one of those? Uh, They're kind of interesting looking. So I see this running across the street, and at first I thought it was a fox, and then I looked more closely, and I saw it running, and it kept turning around and looking at me like I was coming after it, because I was jogging. And so it just kept running, and then it kept running. And uh, as it turned, it went down Ockley, and I thought, this dog is going to be so lost. If I keep going, it's going to keep, you know, running, and it'll run out on Yuri, and it'll just be a really bad way to start the day. So I decided to keep on going straight, and I went straight, and I crossed over Yuri, and uh, ended up on Albany. And as I was running down Albany, uh, I began to, to notice things I hadn't really noticed whenever I drive down the street. And as I looked, I saw uh, a sign in the yard, and it was the same sign that we have on the window. I came uh, up here one day, and I noticed that this was on our window, and I assume uh, Sabre Hicks had, had put this up. And uh, this is the sign that I, I saw in this person's yard. And you can see in the Spanish, uh, no importa de donde eres, estamos contentos que seas nuestro vecino. No matter where you are from, we're glad you're our neighbor. And uh, I can't read Arabic, but that's what it says. Uh, At least I trust that's what it says. Uh, And I saw this in a person's yard, and then I I thought, well, that's really nice. That's the same sign that we have. And I kind of wondered Who's doing this? Who's putting these signs out? And as I kept going down the street, I noticed that yard after yard after yard on both sides of the street uh, for, I don't know, maybe uh, pretty much a block as I was running down the street, I thought, wow, these people are real serious about this. Uh, they, They really want people to know that they are welcoming and that they want to welcome everybody from wherever they happen to be from. So I just thought, this is a, I've never seen anything like this in a neighborhood. This is a real welcoming group of people. As I hear from our gospel text this morning, I hear Jesus calling uh, his followers to be a welcoming group of people and that it would be quite visible to everybody who was passing by. Everyone who got to know them would get to know that they were people of hospitality and welcoming everybody. And this is the great challenge that Jesus gave them here in these two verses. And as we hear this today, we recognize their words for us as well. That Jesus wants his disciples of today or his church of today to be the kind that is known to be a welcoming group a group of people who uh, love everyone and draw people to come uh, to be a part of their group. But this is a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge for us to be people who are that hospitable, 
uh, because we get busy, right? We may have great intentions, but we get busy and we think, well, I really don't have time to talk to this person or I don't have time to stop and find out what's going on in this person's life. Uh, I just have time to go to church. I have time to do a few things that I know I need to be doing in the week, but it takes time or it takes money. If I welcome this person, then I'm going to have to uh, fork out some money. I'm going to have to do something for that person. I can't get to know them and not help them, right? Uh, Or I I might be inviting someone in that's going to harm me. If I am welcoming someone into my church or into my home or into my life, then I might have a lot of risk and danger that comes with that. And just this past week, uh, as of Friday morning, and I thought about this because I was flying, and I always get stopped. Um, it, it helps now that I cut my uh, terrorist beard off. <laughs> that does help. But uh, for some reason, I, I have that look about me that's not a pastoral look, I guess. Or maybe it is. Uh, and so I always get flagged and have to, you know, go uh, step aside and go through the extra security measures and all of that. Uh, and, and so sometimes we, uh, or I guess the point I was going to make is that the, uh, the ban on immigration that, uh, that President Trump was trying to uh, get through uh, by executive order um, several months ago uh, was allowed by the Supreme Court to be uh, at least uh, temporarily in a smaller form um, enacted. So as of Friday morning, this was taking place, and I didn't see any incidents in the airport anybody being thrown out or anything, but it was just, it made me think about uh, what are we saying to people who are fleeing from something to come here? And so I want to talk about this in terms of how it is that we could be a group of people who are welcoming with the kind of love and grace of Jesus Christ. So as you look back at this text, and I invite you to look back at Matthew chapter 10, and as you look at this, it's very short, it's very simple, and, and it gets right to the heart of the matter. As Jesus looks at his disciples and he charges them to go and to welcome people and for them uh, to be welcomed by others as well. And the, uh, the verse that we uh, really can focus in on here is, Jesus says, whoever welcomes you welcomes me. In other words, as you go out there, just recognize that whoever, uh, wherever you go, you don't have to worry about your clothes and your food. You don't have to take extra stuff with you, as Jesus said in, in other places. Just go on out there. Go two by two and go to this city. And if they reject you, then shake your, the dust off your feet and go on to the next place. But he says, whoever does welcome you, they're welcoming me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. And so there, there is this relationship that is being passed on to uh, people who are welcoming. And there's a reward that Jesus talks about here. He doesn't list uh, what that is, but he says, you know, there's a reward that comes along with this. And uh, he reflects back on prophets. And as prophets would go into a city... Uh, They might be rejected, they might be stoned to death uh, because they're speaking the words of God and sometimes the words of God are words that people don't want to hear, right? And uh, usually if a prophet is uh, doing 
the job of a prophet, then that's typically what happens. You get in a little bit of trouble. Prophets, by the way, like to get in a little bit of trouble. That's just kind of how God has wired them to be. But for those who welcome them are welcoming Jesus. So it kind of goes back and forth. And the whole point is on hospitality. And this was very much a part of their culture, but it wasn't necessarily something that they practiced diligently. And so this is a word of comfort to the disciples, but it's also a word for people who would be welcoming them. And as we reflect on this, we see that if we are going to be people who welcome, then we need to know who these people are that we're welcoming. We need to know who they are. Uh, You hear all this about extreme vetting. And uh, I think that can be a good thing. You want to make sure that someone who comes in is uh, not uh, coming in to do harm to uh, people in our country and all of that. Uh, There is uh, usefulness in knowing who they are. And uh, as we hear Jesus talking about this with his disciples, he's saying, you know, know if they're a prophet, know if whoever they are, you know, give them your ears and listen to them and pay attention to them and practice this hospitality with them. Mother Teresa had a lot to say about this. And I love quoting Mother Teresa. And here is, uh, uh, if you'll notice here in this particular image, which is uh, a little bit uh, disturbing as you see, Uh, Jesus in his mode of crucifixion here, you you see uh, a Jesus who has suffered, who has the crown of thorns upon his head, who uh, has lost all of this weight, and there is Mother Teresa holding Jesus. And she says, I see God in every human being. Not just a few, not just in Catholics or not just in Italians or not just in people who do good things. I see God in every human being, period. When I wash the leper's wounds, I feel I am nursing the Lord Himself. Now, first of all, uh, how do you wash a leper's wounds without this great fear of getting that disease yourself. Isn't this the same problem that people in Jesus' time were dealing with? They said, they're unclean, push them aside. And she says, when I wash their wounds, I feel like I am caring for Jesus Himself. Is it not a beautiful experience, she says? There is this other great quote about seeing Jesus in His distressing disguise. And so... She thought about everybody that she saw who would come through her care and the care of the people that she was working with there in Calcutta. As she would see them, she would be reminded that she was looking at Jesus. In the faces of the poor, in the faces of the oppressed, the faces of the imprisoned and the downtrodden and people who were dying, she saw the face of Jesus. In other words, she welcomed them. She knew who they were. And we are to know who the people are around us that need to be welcomed. And as they uh, cross our paths, as we interact with them, we need to know who they are. Now, there are a lot of different words that we give them, right? Uh, We could say they are foreigners. They are strangers. And what does your mom say about strangers? 
don't talk to them, right? Stranger danger, right? Look out. Don't make eye contact with them. Stay away from them. And sometimes that's a really good thing to do. But what Jesus says, even with them, you, you, ought, to, you ought to see that the God is in them. You ought to see that they are your neighbor, whoever they are. And we, are, we have different, different ways of looking at them. Maybe sometimes we say they are the undocumented. Uh, they are the, the illegals. I like the word alien, right? I always think about, you know, somebody from Mars. They're, they're here among us. Believe me, they're here. Or we, uh, we call them other things. Uh, sometimes people who are outside of a church, we call them what? They are the lost. They are the sinners. They are the pagans. Right? We have other words for them in the church. And, and we like to point to them and talk about how they are outside. We are inside. We are included. We are loved. We are saved. And we make this great distinction between the people who are on the outside and the people who are on the inside. And so we have these names for them. But what we hear in this text is the name we are to have for them is Jesus. Because when we welcome them, we are welcoming Jesus. And it reminds us of Matthew 25 when Jesus says, whenever you take care and give clothes to people who need clothes, when you give food to people who are hungry, whenever you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. The flip side of that is when you have not given clothes to people who need clothes, when you have not fed the hungry, when you have not visited the people who are in prison, then you haven't done it unto me. In other words, I've been in your midst and you have not recognized me. You have not cared for me. You have not shown me hospitality. And one of the things that that we can do as a way of recognizing who they are is to work together more closely to make sure that we are doing this, that that we're talking about, we're coming up with opportunities and ministry opportunities. We're calling other people to come and to participate in the kind of work that we're doing here. Maybe it is speaking up for people who are in our community and, and we encounter them almost every day who uh, could easily be shipped back to Mexico or to Syria or to Africa Uh, because of who they are, and maybe because of who they are not. And churches all over the nation are speaking up and talking about this issue and talking about how the church is called to welcome. But also, it, it comes by showing who we are. It's not just recognizing who they are, it's showing who we are. And Jesus emphasized this to the disciples, that, that you are Christ. You are to go and to make me visible to other people. So think about that daunting task as you go to uh, your office tomorrow, as you go to your families, you go to your neighbors, 
as you go out and live in your community, as you get on your phone or your computer and you engage in social media, you are representing Christ. You're either making visible who Jesus really is, or you're showing something uh, that is completely different. And the, the calling for, for us, just like with the disciples, is to make Christ visible. And he says, you can do this in a real simple way. And in fact, if you look this up in the message translation, it talks about, uh, look, it's like Jesus says, says, look, just real simple. One thing you can do, give a cup of cold water to someone who is thirsty. Well, everybody can do that, right? If you have clean water, if you have, have something to, to give to them. But Jesus is, is operating with the assumption that these disciples did have resources that they could make available. They had cold water that they could give. And He knew that they would be around people who were very parched and very thirsty. And so Jesus says, you don't have to do everything in the world for everyone in the world, but if you will do just this one thing, you'll make a monumental difference. I was uh, on, the, uh, on my way back from Atlanta at the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship this past week in Atlanta, and uh, as I was uh, at DFW trying to catch a flight back here to Shreveport, the, uh, I thought, wow, this has been a pretty smooth trip. I haven't had delays and other problems and got out onto the plane. And as we were out there, I think it was like 95 degrees outside. And as we were uh, pulling away uh, and getting ready to, and, and getting in line uh, to, uh, to fly, the uh, intercom comes on and, and uh, there was a problem, an indicator light that was going off. And so they stopped and said, we're going to have to figure out what this is. And they called the crew out there. And all of a sudden, that nice cool air that was blowing on us started to to blow warm and warmer. And then finally, you know, uh, they're making everybody pull the shades down so that we can cool it off. And we're sitting there, and I can just feel the sweat running down my back. And you hear people who are starting to say some very unkind things and uh, it, was, it was really starting to get out of hand, and I felt myself nodding off several times, you know, where your neck bends around like this, and uh, I thought uh, after, I guess I was dreaming for a second, and I, I thought, wow, okay, we finally were flying, and then I, uh, you know, woke up to the reality that we're still sitting where we were like an hour later, and then uh, they said, okay, we're going to have to send you all back because we've timed out for the pilots, and then everybody's just in an uproar. So they send us back, and uh, we get off the plane, and we have about 30 minutes. Then they put us back on the same plane, and then another indicator light goes off. Uh, and so it was just one thing after another. But this, the uh, steward there on the plane uh, made sure that she brought something to us as we were there. And she kept apologizing and saying all this stuff. But she had these uh, plastic cups with ice and water and she brought them around and, you know, had them on a, a, a tray. Uh, the people who were really angry seemed to calm down a little bit. And everybody, you could hear the ice crunching, right? Everybody was eating the ice and drinking the water. And it had a way of refreshing us. You see, she was practicing hospitality. 
She couldn't control all of what was going on around her, and it would have been wrong to take everything out on her. She was just an employee. But she made sure that she was doing a very simple thing that she could do. And she gave us a cup of cold water. We are to do that. As we welcome other people, we are to give cups of cold water. And we could do that in a very literal kind of way. You can see this uh, soldier here uh, with this child who has a number on her head. Uh, In a a camp somewhere, uh, a refugee perhaps, and, and, and they're numbered so they can keep up with everybody perhaps. And she's giving her a cup of cold water. A very basic kind of thing to do. We do this as a church. We do this in so many different ways. In fact, this past week, uh, I think we have some pictures if they were able to, uh, to load up some uh, different things. Well, you can see here uh, together for Hope uh, and our youth uh, who were over in Lake Providence the week before last. You can see some of them here. And as they went over and served, and uh, did some, some great things in Lake Providence. They were giving out cups of cold water. They were doing some real basic things. Here's another one. This past week, we made 43 bags of goodies and things for children who were in summer school at Cresswell. And we put on the front of that our backyard Bible club. So this altar area was full of, of youth and some of you from our church putting together these bags, and Charlene took those over to the children on uh, Tuesday morning, uh, their last day of school, and gave those out. Uh, There you can see uh, Debbie. She's not giving out cups of cold water, but uh, hot dogs. And uh, and David's uh, hot dog cart back there, as we served, we practiced hospitality to the prophets, these 30 youth who were coming to do mission work. And so we were able to treat them as though they were Christ. And uh, we also see uh, that they were putting together packets for veterans uh, that will be given out tomorrow night. I think we have those. Um, Yeah. Uh, We put together 50, how many, Ralph? 53, 54 bags, and they have uh, razors and shaving cream and deodorant and other toiletry items. Those will go over to the Veterans Center tomorrow night when our veterans team and whoever wants to go will provide those to them and a big banner or several banners that they wrote thank you on and all of this. Just a really nice thing to do, a really easy, simple thing to do that makes a big difference. Um, And I think we may have uh, another one up here that gives you an idea of some of the things that we do to uh, serve other people. Nope, I think that was it. But you get the idea. These are ways that we can practice hospitality and welcome people. And this is what we are called to do. I want to close with a a video that I saw this past week, and I was able to find it um, last night. Uh, There were several videos shown at the General Assembly of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And so much of the work that uh, CBF does is in relation to Um, world missions and and helping people in these countries like Syria and others that where people have um, lost everything, lost their families, lost their resources. And so as you watch this, you get a feel for uh, a couple of guys who were fleeing Sudan 
to get out of that country, and, and you'll see some hospitality that was given to them.